welcome to What Is It About the Weather, a podcast where we explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek. This week, do you got a case of the weather sneezes? Before we get there, first, I, I guess I should say, windows open. Nice day here. I'm going to leave it open. You might hear a little road noise, maybe a little rain at some point. I guess there's a chance we're going to get a little brief little storm this afternoon. Not expecting too much from it, but just pleasant weather outside. It's that time of year where I am, right? Kind of that balance between not too cold, not too hot. Maybe it's a little cold in the morning. Maybe it gets a little warm in the afternoon, but most of the day, very pleasant, at least by my standards. Yesterday, I went out for a hike, and there were a couple of things that hit me weather-related. One of them I think I'll get to in a, in a future episode. Or, or maybe I'll just, you know, every now and then I do these kind of, I don't know, done one or two of them kind of science-y episodes because, you know, I don't like to get too focused on the weather science. But it's something I've been asked before, and I it hit me yesterday. It was a cloudy day where I was and had been preparing to go be outside, right? So got dressed, brought what I thought was the right clothes, was going for a hike, stopped to get some lunch beforehand, sitting down outside at a place, and the person I was with was cold. So I went back to the car, got the coat I had brought because, well, she hadn't brought one, and she should have, <laughs> although that's neither really here nor there. But when we were talking about the weather in the morning, I was given the weather forecast, and I gave a piece of information, not just the temperature, but I said, but don't forget, it's going to be cloudy all day. Now, I was probably in the other room when that came out of my mouth, and I don't think it registered. But there really is a difference between a certain temperature in the sun and a certain temperature when it's cloudy. And so it was a little cold, particularly sitting still, having a little food. And maybe someday we'll get into why that is. Or you can just Google it and figure it out yourself. But it's kind of one of those reminders that not all temperatures are created equal. But the other thing that was probably more direct and annoying to me, because I was comfortable, it wasn't too cold for me, was we were out doing a hike, and it's bug season where I'm at. Now, where I grew up, we didn't necessarily have different insect hatching seasons. There was always mosquito season or not mosquito season, but there wasn't a lot of other insects that I recall, at least where I lived, going through their seasonal hatchings, if you will. I'm sure they were. Maybe I just didn't notice it. Or maybe it wasn't the type of insects bug you. No pun intended. But where I'm at, and I noticed this. That's what hit me. I noticed this last year as well. That April or the month of, when the seasons are starting to change here, there's different bugs that hatch. And I was reminded of being on a hike just a year ago. Very similar thing. It was just like, oh, they're everywhere. Anything you're trying to do, as long as you're moving, it's generally okay. But you stop for any period of time, my goodness, can't get anything done because they're all over you. Now, I'm used to that when I'm doing trout fishing or places where there's streams. But I didn't see that near here. And maybe I just, there was a little creek nearby or not too far away. But the bugs actually didn't seem to be near the water. It's kind of interesting. Don't know what kind of bugs they were, but they were buggy bugs. And they kept me moving. Got a good cardio exercise because of them, probably. 
But I don't know that that was my goal. Just another reminder that the season had changed because the one we haven't seen where I'm at, not to the extent that maybe other parts of the U.S. or Europe or wherever you are might be a little more springed along, I guess, is most of the plants that go through a seasonal change here haven't yet. I've got a few exceptions that cherry trees, right? Some of the early blooming trees. And it's funny, I was telling the story just to someone a couple days ago. If I look at my window, I have two predominant trees down on the street. One of them is green, and you can kind of tell it's spring. The leaves aren't fully grown yet, but you know, it's essentially signs of spring. And the other one, you can hardly tell at all. And that's kind of like what it was like when I was out yesterday in terms of the vegetation. Even, well, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to go to a place to where I could put the drone up and get some pictures looking down. And there were very few signs of spring. Some flowering things. Most of the flowering things had started at least to some degree. Like I said, cherry trees, some of the other trees around for this, (laughs) get it out of my mouth, for Scythia, right, which has got this beautiful yellow flower, has really started to bloom here. And where I was, there was some gorgeous examples of that. I drove by a house that had just uh, just a perfect setting. They're on a creek, uh, nice little stream flow, but their yard it just had tons of forsythia, and it was just in full yellow yesterday. Pretty gorgeous. But we're in that season, right? All these reminders, all these things going on. The bugs was dominant for me yesterday, but... I could see it. I mentioned that one tree. That one tree produces a little bit of that green pollen. You get. I grew up in the south where we get a lot of pine pollen, which is the visual reminder that it's pollen season. But it's pollen season. All right. And for a lot of people, that's a problem. Not everybody, but it's a pretty common thing. For people to have seasonal allergies, you hear about it all the time, lots of medicines about it, and you know, they give you itchy, watery eyes. Like I said, you might be sneezing. And certainly, there's a weather component to that, right? And we often talk about it around spring because it is the primary growth season, the primary pollen season, but it's not just a spring thing, right? Depending on where you are in weather patterns, both winter and summer, depending on the levels of moisture, can drive to mold and mildew, but particularly mold, which can cause allergies for people. And even in the fall, even as things are going dormant, ragweed is a common thing that a lot of people are allergic to. So we know clearly that there's a weather connection between seasons And how people feel, right? Now, you'll often hear when, when they talk about it, how, and I don't know, probably anybody who has a, a local anything that they watch or listen to, almost all of them have some sort of now, they've added it to the weather forecast, at least for a good portion of the year, the, the air quality, right? And, and usually, usually it's focused on the seasonal pollens, right? How high the pollen level is. Now, as you heard me mention, that green pollen that comes off pine trees is actually not one of the primary allergens. A lot of times it's the things you can't see. It's the smaller pollens that get around in the air that can hang around in the air a little longer. 
get in your nose and trigger a response. Lots of people, lots of dealing with it. Weather's got its pros and cons of that. Too much rain? First you think, oh, rain's good, washes all these things out of the air, and that's true. But too much rain? Not a good thing. It can trigger some of those other things, like mold. Right? So there's this delicate balance of what's the optimal thing to minimize allergy response. Same with winds. Winds driving this stuff around, kicking it up. All these things play a role. And you do see, see it kind of change. Spring may be the primary pollen season, but you heard me mention the other things that can last through summer. And there's other things as well. All these things that pick up based on the differences can be year to year, can be where you are, of course, because we don't all grow the same things wherever we are. And I don't care where you are, right? I don't care whether you're in the southern U.S., the northern U.S., the middle of Peru, you know, Ethiopia, Azerbaijan, Nepal, Australia. I, I don't care where you are. Most places have some sort of influence of weather with the local plant life, right, the local flora, that's going to drive a response for some set of the population. Not everybody suffers from allergies, although most people have some sort of reaction. We just may not even register it, or it may be just, it only happens in really severe cases. So we've got this whole weather environment, human response thing. It's all interrelated, okay? It just seems to be that it dominates the cycle when we're in pollen season because it's maybe it's a reminder, partly also because we're coming out of winter when you don't think about it as much. Like I said, you can have mold and, and challenges like that. And, of course, as I'm recording this and the really loud motorcycles going by, I guess it's the hazard of leaving the window open. But it's not something that you think about in the context of, am I allergic to the weather, right? All the stories you read about it, if you ever go type in Google, it can, you know, be allergic to the weather, allergy to the weather. They all kind of talk about it, you know, they play this little game with headlines and try to grab you and they get you to go to the story, but Almost all of it captures those things I was just talking about, right? Which is more about how weather influences the environment around you in a good way or a bad way that can then influence your allergies. Now, there's a subcategory to that, of course. There's this category of the human body itself and how dry, for instance, or moist the air might be in terms of our own body's response. And this can have to do with the membranes in your nose. If you've ever gotten bloody nose or... You know someone who's sensitive bloody nose. You know that that the level of moisture, and a lot of times they'll tell you, or, or even in general, that you know, use saline spray with your nose and stuff. Keep it moist. And part of that is how our body is able to then respond to these different things in the air, if you will. So there's that secondary level. We got how the weather's interacting with the environment around us and how sensitive we are to those things that it interacts with. But, you know, it's kind of a 
weather influences, but it's not the cause and effect. Then the secondary thing we've got how the weather environment, both inside and outside, impacts our body such that it shapes how we might respond to those different allergens as well. But again, these are more ancillary. There's still this primary relationship between the allergen of some kind and our body's response. But seriously, can you be allergic to weather? Now, you've heard me mention before, I did an episode where I mentioned this idea of thunderstorm asthma, right? And the idea behind that is, again, you're not allergic to the weather, but severe thunderstorms can trigger, while we get the benefit of the rain, in theory, of pushing pollen out of the air, if the storm is violent and there's enough turbulence, that that event can actually kick up the pollen and not get it rained out, and it can trigger a severe asthma attack. Or by the time it does rain it out, you've already had an asthma attack. And it's a real thing, right? I kind of laughed the first time I heard it, but the more I read about it, the more I understood what, what was going on. But again, not so much that you're allergic to the weather. So can you be allergic to the weather? This was what I was wondering about when I was going through it. And I came across an idea that suggests actually, yes, we can technically be allergic to cold weather. This is the only example I found. Now, there might be others. Like I said, I, I ran through a game and a searches, and I, you know, my searches aren't always going to be fully complete, but here's what came back. All right. You can truly be allergic to cold weather. Now, urticaria, I think if I'm saying that right, is the idea that we have hives or rash response to something, but you can have a cold version of that. Essentially, instead of getting hives, for instance, from allergens or a medicine you might take or any sort of you know fruit or vegetable or, or food of any kind that you might have a, an allergy to, if you're exposed to cold and you suffer from this condition, you can actually break out in hives. Think about that. You go outside, it's cold, you get hives. You come inside, you warm up, it eases, and it eventually goes away. Now, this can happen in cold weather, but I think the way they've really proven it was more about the fact that it can happen to people that are sensitive to it, that drink things that are too cold for their system, or even like on the lips. Like if, they're, if they have this condition, and let's say they eat ice cream, and the ice cream touches their lips, it can cause this sort of outbreak. The interesting thing is they don't know why, right? So they, the understanding is it's a response to cold, but it's not clear what causes it. Just like a lot of things where we have allergies, we're not always 100% sure of the cause, right? We learn new things about that all the time. But essentially it means for people that suffer from this, that they've got to be particularly careful when they're in cold environments to protect themselves from this happening. And that's hard for me to imagine for myself as an example. That would be a real problem for me. I love being in the cold. love being out in the cold. I love to do things in cold weather season. And so if I constantly had to think about how cold I was when it's cold outside, I'm not sure I would enjoy it nearly as much. So that's a real bummer. I feel bad for those people. Now, 
maybe they've adjusted. Maybe they don't like cold, or maybe that's what triggered them not to like cold. And maybe for some of them, the response isn't so strong to worry about. But fundamentally, it's a situation where people are allergic to a weather variable, temperature, right? But again, it can happen, you know, if you went inside somewhere and it was particularly cold, my guess is like if you worked in an environment where the air conditioner was running all the time, you might suffer from it there as well. Now, I didn't see anything in the analysis that suggested that it's, you know, below freezing or that. I, I think it's probably a relative thing depending on the individual. But it's a, I guess it's a reminder to me that all these little nuances that we talk about from time to time about how weather influences us or that, sometimes it's just a direct impact, right? But I'd never heard of it. I don't know. I thought it was kind of intriguing. thought I'd bring it up today as we're dealing with these other weather challenges. No doubt weather influences us during the spring season. I'm more one of those fall people. I think I have more of a ragweed response than I do a pollen season response, generally. But I know it different. it's different for everybody. And while the response may or may not be directly related to weather, there's people out there that are truly allergic to the weather. Now, before you get all up in arms, I didn't see anything where, for the most part, this is not a situation where it's an extreme reaction. I'm sure there are cases where it are, where it is. And I did not, like I said, find any other cause for people to show a strong weather-specific response, weather might influence their responses. And in particular, you know, I think it's always important to remember that a lot of what brings it on is changes. And we've talked about this with other medical things before as well. That usually when things settle into a specific pattern, people can manage that pretty well. The challenges tend to be when weather's changing from one way to another. Right? And I, you know, I've got an example of a day like that, like I said, outside. It's, it's going through different phases today. And while I love that, that could be you know, a challenge for a lot of people. Maybe you know someone like that. Maybe you can walk away realizing that maybe the episode just serves as a reminder that sometimes, you know, for all my talking last week about having the right weather attitude, some people have a real reason to not like certain parts of the weather. It's unfortunate. And, you know, I, I wish it didn't happen because I'd love everybody to love the weather. But like most things in life, there's always there's always some component that, you know, it's a challenge for a part of the population. It's a good, it's a good reminder. But you don't always know what someone else's situation is. So if you've ever met somebody who didn't want to go out in the cold, maybe it's as simple as they didn't want to deal with this and they didn't want to admit to it. You know, we don't all like to show our soft underbelly, right? Any case, weather's going to impact us. It does every day in a variety of ways. I hope for most of you that this change in seasons is not too dramatic and such in a way that you can at least enjoy the season that you're undergoing. I don't know. It's unfortunate it does for anybody, but for most of us, it's a season of, I guess, rebirth and enjoyment 
and a lot of neat colors we don't see year-round. May your pollen not be too problematic in this season of spring. Came across something interesting. Document. Yeah, I need to get back. I haven't done a, a weather and history show in a while. Came across one that had to do with a study. It's the Samgung Saki. I'm say I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. It's a Korean document that was examined by some historians. This was a I don't know history of the Korean Peninsula from a slightly before zero A.D. If you will, to about I don't but somewhere between six and seven hundred A.D. And I guess there were kind of three kingdoms that ruled the peninsula. And and I'm speaking from somebody who really doesn't understand the history of the region. But it talked about times of war, how often they were triggered by extreme, and and weather's the wrong word in this case, climate changes, whether it be severe droughts or severe rainy seasons or whatever it was. But what I didn't get out of the document yet or, or the brief story I saw, and I'll put it in the show notes, you can read about it too. And this is one of those reasons I'll probably go explore a little more is how much the weather triggered the need to go after one of the other kingdoms or where the other kingdom exposed as being vulnerable because they were suffering from something. I don't know, intriguing stuff, but it does remind me. It's been a while since I've done a weather and history episode. I need to get back to that. Maybe I'll do too close to close. We'll see. Any case, I'm just rambling on here. And I'm going to let you get on with your spring. Enjoy the weather. Hopefully not too problematic for you. Hopefully it's allowing you to do the things you like to do and to get outside and enjoy life. But this episode, again, is a reminder that whether it's the weather directly or more likely, the way the weather triggers things, the way the weather works with the world around us, that it creates an environment where there is so much more to weather than the weather itself. <laughs> <laughs>